protesting one. Next year will be more of yeah. a Polishman moment. You remember where we left off? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't match what you have up there. Yeah. I left off right there. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I know that. I did remember. Let me... Uh, Let's back up and take a round head start. Yeah, let's just uh, <laughs> go ahead and, uh, and get started, and we'll uh, we got a, much to cover. But um, so let's just open. Father, God, we love you so much, and Father, we're just so um, encouraged by just uh, the sharing conference. And Father, just what a great uh, time of just spiritual focus. And Father, we just thank you for the example prayer and the power of prayer. Um, Father, as always, we're just um, reminded of um, just your work and what you're doing and even sometimes our own deep and wide and other faith that you have um, gifted well that are uh, other brothers and sisters in Christ that desire to know you more walks father to be uh, steadfast in their walks surround you in your word so we thank you for this um, this desire uh, closer in their intimacy. Pray as you continue to guide us um, in our sharing and discussion today as we have focused on Father, the, the call for us to exercise ourselves unto godliness. And always your spirit will lead and be before us. And this, Amen. The last couple of weeks we've begun this uh, initial study portion of it as it relates to the disciplines, our specific disciplines. And this is sort of our, our theme verse is coming off of um, 1 Timothy 4, 7, where there's this call to discipline yourself or to exercise yourself, Paul to Timothy, for the purpose of godliness. And with that as sort of our, our charter and our call, we've uh, talked for the first week or in part of last week into understanding what is these spiritual disciplines, what does it look like, and what are some of the practical considerations and things that go into that. So we kind of had a brief introduction last week, looking at some specific scripture that helped us to see examples in scripture where we see these exhortations to exercise, the encouragement um, that we getting from Paul, for example, as really being a great coach in scripture that can come alongside of those that are, are, are challenged in their faith, those that are challenged through external circumstances, and those that are even challenged internally with issues, how they can continue to stir each other up on uh, to know God and to know His Word. So our, our transition, as we began last week, we're going to finish up where we left off. Um, and then today I want to transition us from, as we can sort of conclude this introduction of our disciplines and looking specifically at some of the spiritual disciplines to talk a little bit about them, and to transition into one specific one today, which is memorization, that will then uh, transition us into the next one, which will be meditation. I've, I've kind of lucked it, and I'll kind of walk you through that order, because one of the comments I made um, last week was that, you know, what are the disciplines, which ones do you focus on, which ones are... And I would say is that, for, for me, for example, the one that I would love to... I like to go to first is always the study of the word, but that's not where we want to start. In other words, go to the areas that you're most challenged in. And so I have selected us to go to memorization because this is an area that I'm very, very challenged in personally and may be as you. So we're going to go from there. And then obviously the meditation of the word. So, so 
Memorization precedes meditation in the Word, sometimes being an area that we don't excel uh, in. And so this will be our example and more of a practicum approach to it in study. But what we left off last week is, I'm going to kind of rip through these, is we're, we're kind of in section uh, where it starts with the spiritual disciplines about methodology. But we looked at uh, spiritual disciplines as sort of a, a definition of it, is more of a practical perspective of routines and actions that cultivate a spiritual health and spiritual growth is the focus and the goal through this. And kind of using as a key reference verse is the verses in, uh, in obviously in, in 1 Corinthians 9, where we're, we see these verses of Paul, they're all are running the race, uh, they're all running to win. Um, there are specifically uh, verses that talk about um, that intentionality, it being focused, it being calculated, it being uh, that it was within a specific type of, of rhythm we talked about, the, the decisions that develop a, a tempo to it. And so in the First Corinthians 9 passages, so spiritual decisions, spiritual rhythms, some of the, the concepts we looked at, they're, they're called disciplines because they're not natural. We don't, don't naturally, intuitively um, take them on. We, know we don't necessarily, our physical bodies, in contrast, they try to avoid those types of physical um, exertion uh, situations. And so therefore, much in similar with spiritual is that they're developmental types of exercises, but yet they open us up physically for temporary purposes, but spiritually for, it gets us for more eternal, eternal perspectives in the spiritual realm. And that we need to make uh, choices to engage in these, and because left to our own, obviously we will not. And this was that passage in Matthew 26, with disciples in the garden, and comment that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And there are times when we don't feel like doing what I know is necessary. And so disciplines provide uh, a way to. It's a structure. It's a methodology. It's the to-dos. In order to get, it carries you through times that you would otherwise ignore. And I looked at this one where, where Paul, again, we looked in Acts, where he makes this ex- exhortation to them to take in nourishment uh, for their survival. And I liked that imagery as it relates to is that how do you go about doing this for you? And so these spiritual disciplines are, are not the same as spiritual maturity. That They are intended, though, to enable and to foster that growth. And the maturity, as we looked at in final closing last week, was something that is spirit-led. 2 Timothy 1.7 is, we, we look briefly at that passage, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power. And of sound mind is what uh, the passage talked about. And the sound mind was this capacity, this ability to able to enable a disciplined approach itself to that. And that's sort of where we had kind of left off last week, that it was being spirit-led. And this outflow of that we see in, in Galatians 5.22. It is the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, peace, and all of this outpouring of it gives us that ability, the capacity to be able to implement these disciplines in our life. And so this is where I have us picking up from last week, where these spiritual disciplines are not unlike any other methodology that engender this discipline, but there is a danger that we have to be careful of and find this very, very critical balance where it is to be helpful for growth, 
but also not allowing it to become this trap of more of a legalistic type of methodology. In other words, how, uh, the have-tos, so therefore that's what's driving and what's motivating you to do that. And I really, you know, given the opportunity, go back and just take a look at it, and I would just take the whole chapter of Matthew 23, which is the woe-to chapter, right? It's the woe-to the scribes and Pharisees. And what Jesus is doing is simply he is specifically calling out the legalistic methodology that's been employed by these scribes and the Pharisees. They just, just totally miss it. It's very important it, it, um, because the practice itself. Uh, right. Yeah. Yes. What it is for me, it's, it's in other words, it's depending on, it, it, this is just a trap that you could fall into. It may not be the same for us, and it, it simply is just this, this recognition that we could place that before. So in other words, it starts to drive the motive. Motive then becomes sort of a distant, um, like, why am I doing this type of thing? And you become so driven by it. And that... Um, only because, let's say, uh, and I'll just use my example of maybe I'm sort of a type A type of personality. So being very rigid and very disciplined and being raised, it's, it's, um, we talked about this at our community group, you know, the born of God and born of your father, right? But I was, as I look at, I was born of my mom and born of my dad. So I, I can describe a lot of the same <laughs> tendencies that are the things that make why I am the way I am, you know, just in the outward way. So there's a drive, there's a work ethic, but that in itself takes, can take over. And to me, what I like is, it's just, again, it's helpful, but yet just so it doesn't become to this. You know that threshold. That's all I'm getting at. You know where that threshold is. And so for me, this is where the memorization part is going to be real critical because I'm also reminding what is, you know, keep that motive in check and to call it out for what it is. That's all. And so it's not, it's not an all that way. It depends on where you're at. It's just that it, this is where Satan, um, for lack of a better analogy, you know, Satan is going to, he knows your chinks in your armor. Okay? We all have a little, you had a little chink in your armor, he's going to find it. And that might be the fact that I could easily get into a legalistic approach to something because I like to exercise or something like that. And so that becomes the like, I'm going to read scripture like I do this. Or I'm going to commit, implement this discipline like I do this practical example. I'm running hard. I can run hard. That's a physical type of thing. It's, it's like a, I'm going to take over and, and because... God's kind of busy, too busy, I'll take over and do this. Is that helpful? I mean, but I appreciate that question yeah, yeah. on that. Anybody else? Yeah, there's just this, we talk about it, <coughs> differently, then we probably need to change. Yeah, it segues kind of into this other statement here, that because of, let's say, this drive and things, and sort of the step back part, is that sometimes we attack even a spiritual discipline with an expectation for a result that I'm shaping up and I know what it looks like. Okay? So... In other words, if, if I'm going to be able to say is that I'm gonna, I can memorize for next week, I'm going to memorize so many verses, and I can do that, but I couldn't tell you much about what I memorized. But, so therefore, it's not necessarily a guarantee for that spiritual growth part of it, but it's an opportunity. 
You see, in other words, is that for me, I can go at that now. So let's just say that I really want to attack uh, a discipline of memorization in my life. And I go at it, and then I say, now I can't recall these things, or I can't apply the content, context of that particular verse. Or how would I use that verse then? But I know it. Okay? That, to me, is this opportunity that it creates this space, this spiritual realm. I mean, God is saying, okay, let's go deep, man. Let's go deep into, it's like, why do you have to go to the next grouping of verses? Let's just camp right here for a while, and let's grow it. Let's allow that to foster the growth, because you're going to go into it, well, this is my takeaway. God's spirits. I, thank you. Uh, I totally agree. And um, God's used First John, First John four seven, that way for me since we've been studying it, because it's it's we're just we're there. So we're there on Sunday. We're there in preparation for the community group. So you're camped there. You're just there, and there isn't an opportunity. You know. So this God is love, born of God. So in my in my finiteness, in my limited perspective of that love, I look at, and I've been applying the examples of family, my, my dad, my mom, and so within that sphere, born of God, born of Ray, born of Sophie. And I could make my list of specific things of, of blessing and great takeaway, thank you, you know, for this order in the home, and thank you for the examples you gave and everything else. And now I said, now make the list my spiritual father. So what, well, let's make the list here. That's that's the part, the deep part, Mark. I gave you. I, I totally agree with you because even in, as we're talking about these specific types of disciplines themselves, you need to apply that. So um, praise God for that. Now, when they're entering training. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that? That, that started out of there. <laughs> I'm not going to fall to that trap. I'm not going to fall in that trap. I've already, I've gone beyond the fact that I got to finish every single question by this week. I, I'm over that after the first week. So. Does it bother me? I got a half a worksheet completed. I got a, another half I'll probably get through today. Yes. Yes. That's the borderline. That's the borderline legalism. Three summary statements that I think are just appropriate is this focus of the disciplines in knowing God. This is right in the, at the heart of the theme of what we've been studying as a, as a group. Intimacy with God, this knowing of God at, at this deep, deep relational level. Philippians 3.10. I mean, you know that passage. And again, I don't have it by heart in here, you know, but I just, the only part of the passage I know by heart is where, you know, Paul is just, his heart is, he, he's, that I may know him. But then when you, when you finish the verse that I have to memorize the rest of it in here, that I may know him and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and to be conformed to his death. So it's more to it than just that I may know him. That we engage in this because we love God. Here it is. You see, it's, it's, there's that first John 4, 7. There it is. And then we engage in the disciplines 
essentially in the places of, of getting us back on these words. We engage for these very purposes. And one of the things that we want to separate in here, and this is where Paul, in Titus 2, 11, 12, he references, for example, it is grace that teaches us. It is God's grace that, by God's goodness, that keeps us going onto this path. And this, again, ties to this first first John 4, 7, is that being born of God, and then tying that to Philippians 1, 6, that God will complete it to perfection. So therefore, we're going to get there. He promised that. And so therefore, He will get us back on the highway. I mean, we're going to get there. We're going. So, just very great encouragement on this. So, the function in spiritual life. Spiritual disciplines, the function in spiritual life. This developing and the deepening relationship with God. Relational intimacy is reinforced when we engage in the disciplines. Complete sense to it. Always. Scripture is replete with, we see this outflow, the results of this. This is the, the work of the Spirit. That relationship that is grown. We need to be deliberate. Deliberate and intentional about desiring God and to know Him, love Him in His heart of discipleship. Luke 9.23, my only key takeaway, this was where, you know, this is take up your cross and follow Him. But the best part I I like about that is it says, consider this. So He's asking His disciples, now think about this. So there's a what that means in scripture is like to calculate. You kind of just put it, draw your ledger down, and you kind of say, okay, what are what's going to happen here? And so with this, it's got to be very intentional and desiring to do this, knowing that that is the heart of discipleship. And what Jesus is saying is that it's going to be hard work. It's going to be tough going forward. Just telling you that. Just saying to love, to know, and to serve is the heart of what Scripture teaches about God. Discipleship is all about having Jesus' fine heart and his mission formed within an individual disciples. Purposely identify and align themselves with the Lord's purposes. 1 Corinthians uh, 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord may instruct, but we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.16 Practice of spiritual disciplines, routine and specific activities are required to develop the habits. So, because of that we're human, and we have to engage these things, they're literally, we have to, the practice of this part is that we have to implement a specific type of routine. That's what practice is. It's routine. It's activities that, that are very specific. We're implementing things in our lives. We're doing it. They're actions. So, therefore, it's how can they be, best be developed and nurtured you, you answer that question. So as we engage in the practices, we learn to hear God and we follow His voice. I love chapter John chapter 10. This is shepherd chapter, right? And it's the good shepherd and what, it, what is significant about His sheep, they hear His voice. So as obeying these commands, so we learn to hear God and we learn to follow His voice. And this is done intentionally and it requires our setting necessary and appropriate priorities. This is sort of where I want to try to tie this out as we start to segue in here. It's setting necessary and appropriate priorities. There there is a purposeful nature to the practices. We perform them because we seek greater intimacy and to be more like Jesus, who demonstrated the practice in his walk, teaching his disciples to be likewise. Um, 
I almost like the Luke version of, of it better than the Matthew version. But Matthew 10, it says, you know, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, servant like his master. The Luke version goes, and in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Jesus is our teacher. And with this, though, is, is that he's basically identifying this example for these disciples to be like him as his teacher. But I want you to catch in that verse, and that's why I really like in, in the, the, the Luke passage, it says that everyone who is what? Perfectly trained. That word trained is this word exercised. It is this word disciplined. So, there is these disciples, the picture I have is that they are engage themselves in these spiritual disciplines will be for the very purpose of equipping them best for what's ahead as disciples to count the cost. So, identifying the spiritual disciplines. Now, in the, the handout, I think it, um, there's no more fill in this blanks in this particular outline, is that there are, uh, it's unlimited. I mean, we can't even say that this is, this is just the, the specific list of, of, of uh, disciplines themselves. Different Christian disciples and practitioners have identified different uh, descriptions of spiritual disciplines. I just taking like these three authors here, like wrote a book. You know, like the title of their books are spiritual disciplines, and so this is how they would categorize them, what they would identify, what the the lists and how they would do it. Like in Foster's, it's inward, outward, and corporate. Whitney would say like the A list, the B list, um, and they go through that, and then. You know, Willard has a, another type of example from there. And all I'm saying is, is that it's less about the list, and it's really more about you know, just engaging in them such that I believe God will make it apparently clear to you as you sue him how he'll set, help set those priorities. And again, when I am, how I personally process it through my grid was... Not to go into the areas that, that are just like, and I won't call them easy, nothing is easy, but you know, the ones that I like the most, let's say, I would just love to just stay in this study discipline in here, but I just say, well, now, nah, I, I need to go into the areas that I, I am woeful, <laughs> woefully lacking, and I'm like totally, totally out of shape. Uh, here is my, my example. Um, so you get into an exercise program. And maybe that exercise program is that uh, you are maybe using an elliptical. Okay, so you use an elliptical every single day. You're feeling good. You're you know you're feeling stronger and everything else. But then you maybe about four weeks later you go on a bike ride using your legs, right? And you finish that bike ride, and you, the next day you are so sore. What happened? <clears throat> You're using different muscles. Our tendency, use this analogy, was sometimes we're like, okay, these core spiritual disciplines, I got that. I'm working hard at those. These are, I, I'm working on them very consistently. But it's these other ones, and you identify what those are in your life and go, I need to have like a 90x approach to this where I get these multiple. Uh, uh, got it for Danny. Uh, what is it? Sorry, scratch this from the recording mark. But the, the P90X is a 
one of these workout exercise programs with that varies like every day and it works all your muscles. The point is, is exactly the idea is that you can't, so you some things one day, you switch over and you're using different muscles. It's not a P90, whatever. Yeah. Here's, Mine, I barely get to here's the difference. Here's the difference. The P90X, you got to spend a ton of money for like 40 CDs or whatever. You don't have to pay a dime. There's no cost in this one. You already have it sitting in your lap or you have it somewhere. It's all there. You don't need to do anything, okay? <laughs> no, no cost involved. Discipline is the cost. Amen. 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 I'm laughing because, I mean, come on. Am I the only one? It's sort of like, you know, the latest, greatest thing. You're going to go out and buy something, right? Like, oh, this is my helps. This is going to help me to be able to do that. And as I'm getting older, I'm going like, that was a waste. I spent money on that, on that, on that, and exactly. did it anywhere. Um, That's called getting yeah. <laughs> So the next several weeks, starting today a little bit, we're going to segue into some of this practicum study, which means still getting into it through the Word, but getting into some of these key areas of, of the Word, meditation, prayer, and uh, even how it leads into worship. And these are really four areas that a lot of the different specific types of disciplines off onto. So I just didn't, I wanted to kind of just qualify that because I'm not trying to promote, advance anything specific in a, there's a very regimented approach to spiritual disciplines other than I think there's some great things written about them. There's great resources out there. But to understand what disciplines mean, how, what it means to you, and then how do you, you go at it. It's, it's work. <laughs> so there's no shortcut. Book. There's not any one of these that's easier than the other that gets you home. That was just sort of this picture that I have, and so it's sort of we started with these disciplines, and then sort of all of these things are constantly kind of continue to have this outflow. So I'm going to segue into our next presentation, please. I think it's a great um, summary, and it is about how do you build and access actions and how do you because whatever it is is going to happen. I believe the primary focus in teaching of disciples about this is that it's, it's going to happen. Watch. It's going to happen to him. They themselves did not even know how to respond to it. So it was, it's still part of it. You're exactly right. Um, I look at, you know, one of the things that I, I love, even in, in testimony, taking a disciple like Peter, when we studied Peter, but that's one of my examples today in the memorization part of it. Because in, at the beginning of Acts, when he gives his first sermon, it is powerful. It's transforming. It his transformation, but his ability to recall and to remember. It's a perfect, to me, it's a perfect example of being able to access that. So let me, let me segue with an introduction to them. I'm going to pose a, um, a, not a real situation, but a what if to you. Okay? So we have, um, I'm looking at the group here got a great group. I feel like we have a pretty good team, pretty strong group here. So a circumstance has now come where we as a group 
our Bibles are taken away. So we collect all your Bibles. I collect all of your electronic devices <laughs> as well. I'll, we'll leave you with I have a, plenty of paper and pencils or pens. And we're going to close the door, put all that outside. And now, let's recall. So who, who can, can we write the Bible? Can we record the Bible? Can we at least start in Genesis to say, is that okay? Who's got Genesis 1-1 memorized? In the beginning was the Word. The Word is with God, right? Okay, all right, that's pretty good. That's a great start. Let's write that one down. I got John 3.16. We're still Old Testament, Betty, but hold it, right? Hold that thought, okay? Hold that one. We got a few more, a few more books to go through. I bet, though, okay, uh, maybe that was a little bit, but if we were to just go through, and I bet we could compile a pretty good list of verses that we could get parts or portions of it together, starting in Genesis, maybe in a couple in Exodus, and we could probably piece some together. I know we could do that, but not true. So what's the point? I, I totally agree. I mean, that that's, was my point. The point is, is that uh, we have this, have this huge privilege, but we also have this house full of equipment, exercise equipment. We have all of the tools and nurses. There's just you name it, we have it. In fact, in fact, in fact, it's getting so. You know, broad now is that you get, it's just right in that little teeny thing that sticks in your back pocket. You don't even need to have the books anymore. Point is, is that it starts with what do we have hidden in our heart, and then it's progressive. So then, once you have it, what do we do with it? It's exactly the Mark, Mark's comments. In other words, you get so to me, memorization is one aspect of the disciplines that you almost need to come to this recognition of like, where are we? Where are we? Meaning all of us. Where are we with that? Um, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself as somewhat of as an example on this one because I have, I told you that I'm woefully um, lacking in this particular area. But I have tried. I have started it, and you know, I even bought some resources. I, I remember, and <laughs> I remember in like it was early 1980s. I went out and uh, with a few of us in our Bible study, you know, we got I got uh, the Navigator's, you know, topical memory system, and it was so cool because it had these nice little cards. Remember, if everybody was familiar with that, they would give you these little cards, and you could stick them in these cool little pouches, and you know, it was so like, oh, here's my little card and my memory verse, and I went through, and I did, you know, like I just. Second, my first verse, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away; the new things are come. Like that. See how quickly I remember that one. That was my first verse. You know. Then I went to Galatians two twenty. You know, if you're crucified in Christ, I no longer live. And I'm just throwing, spilling this stuff out. I remember those, but it was a, it was a system I used, and I spent some money. Find it as an example for you, because I don't know where what I did with it. But I started it, and I stopped it, and I still remember those verses. So something good is a takeaway from that. It's like the Iwana verses you were talking about, Ian. So like, how do we get from this, this repository, your, your mind, that, that all of these verses that they have been 
they're there, and how now do we recall them into life, our spiritual journeys? So it starts with at least kind of going like, okay, we got to at least build this repository. Just as ways. Memorize it, okay? The spiritual discipline, same five verses up there, out of them. What did they bring to life? That's the only way from those five verses. It, it, it's a... It, it starts. Yeah, you know... <laughs> I, I, that's how I'm going to end. It's you know, end this if I get. I won't get there today, but it's, you know, it's just it's just praying for discipline, and then doing. I mean, it's 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 engaging in it. And so, it, me is it goes back to bridging your your comment about the motives with what Cheryl's saying. I I think it's a very you know you that threshold, and so for me, I totally agree with you because. How do I take that verse and drop it into an application? I need to understand the context of that. And I'm going to tell you right now is that we know that sometimes verses are taken out of context and are just like thrown out in a certain circumstance. I think, okay, that works. And it doesn't. You know, Romans 8.28. That applies to you as a believer. That is, again, for those who are called according to God's purpose. Not like just... Anybody, a non-believer, okay? There are, you see, that verse is not a flippant verse to just apply to that situation. That God is working it purposes. Well, that this is with regards to the word heard, it should be sharper than a two-way right, learn it right. and memorize it. And powerful, Ephesians three seventeen. I'm like, and to learn for someone yeah. else to say, if got it memorized, you know, I usually know it's on the left side of the page or the right side of the page, but always. What that that communicates to you is that that verse meant something. Not as though, well, here, let me show you this, you read it, that they're communicating from their heart. So to me, that is the power of the word. And to me, it's about, again, the engagement of the Spirit in us. Remember the ultimate is this... What was it? It was to basically, the Spirit allows us, it gives us the, this capacity. So, as Jesus, again, dealing with these disciples, knowing that what was ahead for them and the fears, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, will teach you these things, and, and this is the point, and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So, what I want to use that as an exhortation for us, in that how... You know, it has to be in there working in your heart and in your head to be able to apply it to bring to remembrance. It's no different than what you just said, Connie. So you're in this conference and there's just great teaching and you're remembering. You're just seeing the power of the Word. You're seeing the power of prayer and you're reminded, I need to do these things. I need to spend more time doing these things. That's okay. That is part of this whole thing on the disciplines is that we're reminded of what God's purposes are and where he wants us to be. Exercising of godliness. And how can he bring to mind what we have not previously stored in our mind? And this is where the Holy Spirit helps us to remember scripture and then to apply that to the lessons our lives. And so again, what God has stored in our minds is a wallet. It's a little box. It's what's in the box that can come out. Is you can remember some really silly things. I, I, I was telling Lori, I, 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 and I was remembering our home 
and I had, had a dream about a tornado. And the tornado was something that happened when I was a little boy in our home. And the details of what I could remember were weird. It was so specific. It was, you know, I remember being in my, our garage and seeing this tornado come, which was all real stuff. And it's just, but I remember these things. So God's instructions to Joshua, and, and this is going to be a, a, a great verse for us as we even segue into the meditating part, where we see this command to meditate on God's word. But I believe as we see in, in Joshua as it opens up and the work that God was doing to prepare him for entering the promised land and, and essentially for the purpose of fighting this fight of faith is a great reminder for us in this verse where it's saying, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. It is critical and is demonstrates for us over and over again it was that when we take it in on a very regular basis day and night it's talking about a continuum that we see in that description that it, it proves it's, this is very very strong endurance it strengthens the muscles that we were talking about earlier david and i in psalm 37.31 The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Take a look for a second to kind of just get a, a takeaway of, of Psalm 37 real quick. Draw your attention to a couple leading up to that particular verse. Starting in verse 37 and, and starting in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. And feed on his faithfulness. Dwell on the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 30, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with hand. 31, the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps will slide. I'm going to read, I want to pull something, I just love um, Spurgeon had this quote, he said, the best thing in the best place, producing the best results. And I want, can I read his commentary? Uh, it's just one little section I want to read to you. This is what, what Spurgeon comments on this statement. The best thing in the best place, producing the best results. Well, might the man's talk be so admirable when his heart was so well stored. To love holiness, to have the motives and desires sanctified, to be in one's inmost nature obedient to the Lord. This is the surest method of making the whole run of our current life efficient for its great ends and even by securing the details of it are steps from any serious mistake. To keep the even tenor of one's way in such times as these is given only to those whose hearts are sound towards God, who can, as in the text, call God their God. Policy slips and trips, it twists and tacks, and after all is worsted in the long run, but sincerity plods on its plain pathway. And, quote, best thing in the best place produces the best results. Word of God, in our hearts, in our minds, is the picture of stability, slippage, lack of a word. 
It demonstrates that solid footing. So why is scripture memorization necessary? I want to walk through just some very practical summary type statements. First of all, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. It's necessary because it conforms us to the Son. Conforms us to Christ. If we would be changed into Christ's likeness, we must steadily see Him. And this will happen through the Word. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 13. This is the, the image. Error verse. But we all, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. God's Word begins to transform us, and as we know it, it conforms us more and more in His image. We see Him. It is the, it's the born of God, and it gets over time, it's a, oh my goodness, we are looking like the Father. Like, oh my God, I look just like my dad. <laughs> this is this conformity to Christ's image of beholding in a mirror process. It's maturity. It's starting to grow, that we see. It happens through the Word. 1 Samuel 3.21, the quote says, the verse says, The Lord revealed himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. It reveals Christ. Bible memorization has the effect of making our looking on to Jesus steadier and clearer. In Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Passage, I, my doubt says 3, but it's actually 2 and 3. In there. Bible memorization has the effect of making our looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It allows us to do this fixation. In other words, when we have God's Word in our minds, and it, it could be very well that you memorize Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter. Quote, I remember that part of the verse. It's critical. That helps me to be steadier and clearer. Okay? Be an example about learning for a second. I wasn't the most focused learner, and I found myself to be unsteady and unclear because I'm like a four-year-old, you know, just like you know, like, yeah, all over the place like this. And you know, it's like you, it's like the steady, it's like the teacher would get my my head and just put it like in his hands and say like, listen to me here. It is this steadying that allows me to be able to, And this is the, this image that I have about if we can take God's Word and we can just steady it and focus it, we'll to better and clearer see Jesus. It transforms, it renews our minds. Romans 12, 2. That's a, a verse you probably have memorized. It purifies our heart in Psalms 119. Psalm 119 is replete with this emphasis on the word right it's just it's from the very beginning through the end you can't help um, could be a great place to begin to memorize it helps our prayer life James 15 7 where we see the prayers that are fruitful I would even add to to that passage in John 15 um, where we have this abiding it says if you abide in me and my words what abide in you and what, um, in your studies of, of John 15, what does the word abiding mean? Remember what that meant? What does it mean? Remaining in, right? And so, if the word of God in memorization is remaining in you, 
just totally makes that prayer fruitful because you just start to see that. And that's what John talks about is the fruits uh, from that. It's what you're asking, and, there, and we see this abundance. So made, to me, this is this great picture of that of Bible memorization being abiding in, is remaining in. It's, it's, it's solid in there. moments are with others. Powerful. Conforms us to Christ. Number two, memorization and meditating the Word it gives us daily victory over sin. Psalm 119, 9, 11. Psalm 119, there's so much that's there. 119, verses 9 and 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. It is a, specifically as it relates to this. Verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here is this strong verse that, again, talks about this storing up part of it. More or less, what it's the, the, it was this welling up, well stored is what Spurgeon referred to it as. I have stored up in my heart that I might not sin against you. Paul said that we must, by the Spirit, put to death the sinful deeds of the body. Sinful deeds of the body, Romans 8, 23. And this is, you know, in this case, the Spirit... What does the Spirit mean? The Spirit means that it's, it is our, our faithful obedience to Scripture. What well, puts it to this. Uh, Connie, you mentioned this verse earlier. The one piece of the armor in Ephesians chapter 6, it's the sword of the Spirit. It refers to the Word of God. It's the Hebrews. It's being sharper, living sharper, more active. Than it. And so as sin lures the body into sinful action, we call to mind Christ revealing the Word of Scripture and that's what takes it, it, it kills that temptation. So it is being able to recall it, just like you were referring to. So it's again processing it as my, in my grid as memorization that I can experience it. It has to be daily. So the, the greater your repository of scripture memorizing and being able to bring it into applications throughout your day, circumstances really what produces that victory that we're going to experience have it because frankly i'm not always going to have my bible open <laughs> that always going to be in your hand and yet if the spirit being being led by the spirit can bring to remembrance a verse that will help me where i do something or say something I wanted to say in a circumstance or whatever an action and number three Daily victory over Satan. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, we have the temptation by Satan. And what is significant to note in this is that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he used Scripture. He recited Scripture from memory. Put Satan to flight. And so we can protect us also against wrong doctrine. And I, what I like about that Ephesians passage in here, because... As we know, if you were to study the context of even of the verses, Satan memorized Scripture too. All right? Right? But this is why the second part of this verse is up here, which is Ephesians. And if you're familiar with this in Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read this passage to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14, it says that we no longer should be children tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May we grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Satan took out of context Scripture and applied it to Jesus in that temptation and was called out. My point is, is that it is not only a being able to recite Scripture, but to be able to recite it also in a situation to be able to doctrinally discern wrong from right. So that's a whole other discipline, the discipline of discernment. <laughs> Focus on. But I, I wanted you to, to understand that in this Matthew passage is that to me it's a great reminder for me that um, not just about knowing it and memorizing it, even Satan knew it too, but yet it needs to be understood in the context and application. Got it 20 after? 10, it's 10.30 now? Okay, well then I'll stop at number four. Okay. Stop in here. <laughs> okay. Well, well, so mark it. We'll we'll pick up with number four on the uh, for next week for next week, and we'll continue to build on this. But I, I just think that as we start to close this, that uh, hopefully you're we're getting a, a good solid foundation of scripture that helps us to. See, to affirm this call of remembering God's word and memorizing it, having it hidden in our heart, but also <clears throat> that we also, as we attack this, that we recognize that we need to engage in it and that it's going to be challenging. And so some of the how-tos and things, I'm going to be you know, excited to be able to hear from you what some of those things are. When you look at the handout, I have a ton of Bible verses that will help you to kind of just get started if, that's, if you want to get started somewhere. But... My final request would be is, is, is start. Do something. Maybe you're already in a program of you got to develop something, but start doing something, and then we'll continue to talk about that as we go through it. So don't wait till next week to start memorizing Scripture. Start now. Uh, if you... All right, let's close in prayer. Father God, we love you. We love your word. We just thank you that uh, we, uh, you've entrusted it to us. Father, we are so blessed. Father, you have given us, by your Spirit, the capacity to be able to hide it in our hearts, to have it for recall in our minds. Father, as we, we count ourselves so privileged to be even um, in your presence and to have your word, but to know, Father, that it is uh, you purpose for it in our lives, that we would apply it, that we would know your will, to seek your will, and to do your will. Father, I thank you that as we continue in our sharing together in here, Father, your word is, is so powerful and it, it will always accomplish, Father, its purposes. And we just know, Lord, that even in this focused discussion on your word and uh, memorizing scripture as being an important discipline in our lives, and I just do pray that, Father, you would just uh, help us to see clear uh, and to be motivated by you and only you in this desire to grow closer to you. Intimacy. So we just give you thanks and praise for working with through us with this, and as always, uh, giving you all the praise and glory in Jesus. Usually, what by 